This is Carl. This is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this is Retrograding. Yes, this is Retrograding, the show where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childhood movies. This week, we are taking a look back at something that I remember from childhood, but I forced my other two friends to watch with me, a movie called Warriors of Virtue about elemental kangaroos. And we yes, all this is a real you. movie, and yes, I really saw it. And it has a sequel. So the reason we chose this one is this is our first after our Christmas specials, and Sarah was complaining that we've watched too good of movies lately, and so we're going to try to go at the complete opposite end of that scale, watching this pile of garbage. Uh, All right. You're counting A League of Their Own as a Christmas special? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Fair point to you. (laughs) To be fair, we're recording this at Christmas. I may fix that. Do we want to start the show again? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is Retrograding, (laughs) the show where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childhood movies. This week, we are going back and watching a pile of garbage that is all in childhood called Warriors of Virtue. So since I brought this movie forward, uh, Mark, if you've got a timer, let's get going on that 60-second synopsis. So you're ready then? I'm all set. All right. countdown. (laughs) Three, two, one, go. Ryan Jeffers is a boy with a disabled leg uh, trying to get in with a cool crowd. His friend Chef Ming gives him a book about Tao teachings, trying to get him to learn that his struggles are worth it. During an, initi- during an initiation ceremony with the cool kids in a nondescript water plant, Ryan falls into a whirlpool and wakes in the world of Tao, a rustic shogun-esque society ruled by the evil Komodo, who is draining the world of its life springs to stay young. The last life spring is pr- left is protected by the worries of Tao, five r- ruse, each representing an element of the natural world. Both sides see the book Ryan brought with him, knowing it holds the ultimate power to this world. Then a bunch of nonsense involving kidnapping, double-crossing, and kung fu fighting happens. The book goes back and forth, and Ryan learns to read it, discovering an important lesson of Tao. Somewhere there, the Ruse master dies, and Komodo attacks the Ruse town for the last life spring. The Ruse suck it until Ryan sacrifices himself to Komodo, weakening him. Uh, the Ruse take the opportunity to attack, leaving Komodo with no memory, saving the world from evil. Ryan dies and returns to five minutes before the trial and decides not to do it. Just in time. Hey, it's way better than I would have. Except I will say that I wouldn't say that the world of Tao is like a shogun area. It seems pretty Lord of the Rings, except for the kangaroos. Well, there's That's, also the well, minotaurs. Okay. With the kung fu fighting, the the master guy leading the society, but, this king living in a big temple... Uh, and just going off of their but, clothing, this is kind of a Japanese-esque society. But no, I think, like, because the master, they say the master taught the ruse. Yes. And so, and the master is not a local. He just showed up. So if you take away the master From and the where? I don't know. That's what, that's what blonde girl, what was her name? Alicia. Alicia <laughs> said is that he just showed up and started teaching them the teachings. And so if you take him away and take the kangaroos away, 
you have this town that lives by a tree and has a minotaur <laughs> and some uh-huh. like fantasy creatures and it's a generic fantasy like setting except kung fu kangaroos <laughs> yeah i which is why i sent you guys a message earlier that it was like it was only asian inspired because this one chinese guy showed up when it was like hey i'm gonna teach some guys some karate i just don't know why they had to be creatures and they couldn't just be people <laughs> because yeah that is a it's an excellent point there's i they there's don't nothing about why. it that says you have to be a, an animal and there's like it doesn't explain why they are talking animals and then there's like the minotaur and a rhinoceros or something right. that just are there I, and I there's a bunch of humans say, there too. I want to say this is yet another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle knockoff. So I you will get, say that too. Yes. You get like the turtle characters which are kangaroos in this movie that are the fighters and then But Splinter gets to get, be a human. So they had a water buffalo and a rhinoceros, yes, and then two Teenage Mutant Turtles. It was a warthog and a rhinoceros, rhinoceros, <laughs> rhinoceros. <laughs> oh god, a rhino uh, who was Bebop and Rocksteady. Yes. So I think it's just like the direct parallels but of that. In the other Ninja property. Turtles, those two characters were on the bad side, and now they're Correct, good in this but one. But children were expecting to see more than one anthropomorphized animal. I I think this is. I think in the nineties there was this weird sh- subgenre, and it's not just <laughs> even with kids stuff; it's adult stuff too. Because I've seen some other terrible kung fu movies. Yeah. <laughs> is you had these directors coming from kind of the Hong Kong martial art kind of movie area, and they wanted to come to the U.S. to the bigger movie market and mm. bring what was their movies, which was martial arts movies, but then try to make them for what was going on in the U.S. industry at the time. So like with the adult movies, you had a lot of like kind of Miami Vice cop crime dramas but also all of the cops new martial arts and i guess for the kids ones they're just like yeah there's some weird fantasy stuff going on throw that in and i i guess that was kind of what they were doing right so like i i think kids were just interested in kung fu and like these directors knew how to direct kung fu yes but they also wanted to fit in like every trope from kung fu movies because there's with the ruse themselves there's like five different storylines but none of them are given well, enough time to develop it's, it's yeah i feel like there were multiple plots in here that should have been more than one movie except it's probably good that they weren't but it's <laughs> but it's there like was just the too love much actually on. of kung fu movies except done really poorly it's it's not even just every trope of kung fu movies it's every trope of 90s movies it definitely does feel like this was a movie made by someone who wasn't necessarily part of this industry like not movie industry but but the mm-hmm. US movie market he definitely did not he was like oh yeah the cuz i wrote down Oh, the bullies, uh, uh, middle school bullies. That's a trope. Check mark. A missing mm-hmm. parent. Check mark. Check mark. A wise mentor. Check mark. A a parent right. that's too busy with work. 
check mark. <laughs> All right. Now, before we get too far, um, I don't love going through like the plot of these things because it takes too long. Oh. And a lot of people have seen this movie. I think it's very important that we do Pe- this for seen- this movie because <laughs> yes, people, no have people have not haven't seen, seen this. this movie. Right. <sighs> so let's start at the beginning before he enters the world of Tao. The let's first start thing that happens. There. Is there is a dog, and the dog is the best part oh, about this, this movie. Dog, of course. So, that's, yes. the, well, that's the first thing and only thing in Sarah's mind that happened in mine, this movie. My note on the dog is this dog understands English, not just yes. a few commands, all of English. Because the mom tells him, "Where is Ryan? Go make sure Ryan gets his breakfast." And the dog runs up onto the table and grabs a piece of toast. I'm thinking, oh, that dog is hungry. He's just going to eat Ryan's breakfast. No, that dog goes and finds and delivers the toast to Ryan. But he, like, flings it through a bathroom window. And I'm like, I don't want that bathroom toast. Yeah, also, (laughs) yeah, he gives it to Ryan through a bathroom window that is over top the toilet, meaning the dog had to run outside and then stick his head through the window to deliver it to his friend, Ryan. I mean, the dog is trying really hard and he does a really cool handshake command at the end too. And it's a very cute dog, but I do not want that bathroom toast. No. And this immediately leads to a terrible segue because Ryan is hiding and escaping into this manga-esque thing. Oh, yeah. Like reading a comic book with Com- kung fu. And then it goes into noises. a chef doing kung fu. I and was... you think, oh, this is a part of the graphic novel. No, this is a real thing. They've changed scenes. Yes, I thought because <laughs> cooking manga is a real thing. It yeah. It is. It's just like high action like cooking. So I thought Sanji oh, in One Piece. Like it, it's a real thing. But like there's ones where it's just it's competitive chefs and <laughs> And so I'm like, oh, that's what it's about. And then no, suddenly he's there and I'm like, where was the transition? Is there a transition? I spent 90% of this movie just being like, who are these people? Oh, was, we haven't even talked about how the film starts. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't there a football game first? No, well, no, that comes a little later. later. I'm talking about the scene where it starts where it's just dark and beads drop on the floor. Oh, And then yes. this is referenced later in the film, but give it no context at the beginning. It is. So there's one note with, with the beads, now that you've mentioned it, that comes up later, that goes along in this whole movie. The sound design for this movie is terrible. No one makes a noise when they hit each other. Someone gets flung across the room at one point and it makes no noise. It is like they threw a pillow. Like nothing makes contact ever. It is insanity. (laughs) All right. Let's let's get to that football game in the beginning. Oh, oh. So, so adding to Mark, my Mark, did you have a note on it? You brought it up. I, well, I was confused why we were watching football in a kung fu movie. I... I kind of get why it's there, so you can understand Ryan. Ryan? Well, Ryan. what's interesting Ryan to me? Well, for, okay, so so the coach calls a play. The players right. start complaining about it and saying that guy's been in here all day tackling us. We don't want to go that way. And he says, "Hey, I think I've played a few games in my day." And then the water boy Ryan comes out there and says, "No, you should do this play instead because you'll get a touchdown." Somehow they all make fun of him and be like, oh, you don't know anything about football. Well, then they decide to run the play that he called anyway. And then I I don't understand how any of that works. To over explain what's (laughs) going on here, Ryan is our main character. He has uh, kind of a 
Forrest Gump X brace on his leg, uh, and he's kind of hobbling, and he's the water boy for his football team, and the cool kids are the football players and their girlfriends in the stands. I I do say that this is the most realistic portrayal of. I assume Ryan's about a freshman, and the football players are probably seniors. Maybe. See, that's my problem here is because Ryan is so small, he could easily play grade school or junior high school. Exactly. I did not assume that he was even a high schooler. Well, as a person who did not hit my growth spurt and was under five foot until like my sophomore year of high school, like there are like freshmen in high school that are just tiny and look mm-hmm. like tiny little babies compared to the seniors. So I think that's perfectly realistic as he's 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 a freshman. And like yeah. 14, and they're closer to 18. That would okay. maybe make sense? Maybe. Another thing is that Ryan is upset that uh, he has these great ideas for football, but the football players put him into action and do all the actual work to accomplish his plan, and then he gets no credit even though it was his idea. Did, so why not make him like the assistant coach or one of or the no, trainers? No, 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 no. The, My point for him is even if his leg didn't have a brace, he's not going to be on that football field. Oh, no, field. he is not. He's not big enough or strong enough. True. So what is he complaining about? Um, I do I do have, because he complains about it later to his mom, and his mom's just like, oh, well, whatever. The mother should have been like, there are other ways for you to continue your dream of loving football. Like, does this football team have no trainers? Could he not mm-hmm. be a trainer? He's just a water boy. Yeah, there's so many better jobs that he could be doing with his skill set. Like, is it not like, hey, you can still do, like, coaching and stuff like that, even if you're not a player. You can still do the strategic stuff. You don't have to be a player. Like, this was the smallest high school football, like, game I have ever seen in my life. For it to be (laughs) an actual game, it looked like a practice. But it was another thing that I put on my checkoff list, list is slow motion football scene in a 90s movie. It, ah, yeah, everything, every action scene in this movie was slow motion. Oh, no. Like, yes. all of the fighting later well, on was except, slow motion. Except but for the fighting at the end. What, where it was, was way too fast. Very impossible. Still in the football game, so they score a touchdown on his play, and it's like all this dramatic stuff leading up to it, and then they score, and it's like you, it feels like it should be the finale of a sports movie because there's all this loud, triumphant music, and everybody's cheering and excited. Like, this was the whole point of watching this movie was to see them beat their big rival that we have no idea what they even are. And he got yes. really sad and looked up in yes. the stands. Why? Was his mother supposed okay. to be there? Okay. Here's I the thing something. that happened. This film was bad at explaining visual okay. storytelling. So <laughs> the music is Ryan's emotions. So he sees his plan go into action. Basically, the football player is using his advice to score a touchdown, and he is elated. And he gets very excited because the girl that he likes is in the stands. The girl happens to be the football player's girlfriend. Okay. Ryan doesn't care. He wants a piece of the action. And then it's immediately sad because he sees, well, he's getting all the credit, even though it was my idea. Okay, he when is to it explained girlfriend? that he's interested in that girl? Uh, it's never. not. <laughs> it is explained <laughs> through looks of longing. Well, it's not even explained his injury, why he's so upset about anything. I didn't even notice he was really, had the leg brace was limping until like, and I probably not even that scene until he mentions it in a scene later. Cause I'm like, I get, you don't want to over explain something, but I think this was a time he should have been like, 
yeah, I was in this car accident and I hurt my leg and now I can't do stuff like a normal kid and it makes me sad. Right. To some extent. It's a major theme in this movie. So, because we keep having to explain this movie to our viewers who have never <laughs> seen it. Uh, so this sets up, he wants to be part of the cool kids. He just helped the cool kids out. Before we get to that indescribable water plant where <laughs> magic happens. Giant yeah. water hole? Yes. Uh, let's go to Min, where it sets up him getting the book. Do you guys have any notes in his relationship with this Chinese chef besides it being another 80s weird uh, adult kid relationship? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Back to the future. And I thought it, the scene where he gets yelled at by the chef is really weird because it makes it seem like the chef is in charge because he's like the old Chinese man. But he's not. He's just the chef. The other younger guy who looks about 29 is the owner. Yeah. And why does he just, have the book? Yeah, where did he uh, so get it? I think did he fall Min, in the water hole at one point? I don't know if he fell in the water hole. Did the mom give it to him? <laughs> so Min is this Chinese chef character. He's not it's a who chef. Ryan is from. He is. He does cook, which is the, the weird transition. The was him cooking really wastefully and flinging oil everywhere. His restaurant's not going to stay in business if he keeps wasting food like this. Also, they have like 30 people in that kitchen. How many cooks do they have? Uh, uh, upwards of 30, I would guess. For, uh, for a but, Chinese restaurant in this seemingly not that big town. Oh, another trope. Min lives at this restaurant because at one point they go up to his apartment as if that's not weird for an adult to invite a child into his bedroom. To have the weird conversation about the cocoon. Yes. Tell us about the cocoon. It's, he goes up and they have, he has a cocoon in a jar. It's just the cocoon and he tells a story about he helped the moth escape the cocoon because the moth couldn't get out and then the moth died because Min interrupted his journey. And it's the dumbest story. I, it's not the dumbest story in this movie, but it is pretty dumb. So it's funny because the first time I heard this, um, I don't know how many of our listeners watched Lost, but there's a whole scene in there about moths as well. And their whole point was that, oh, well, we could open the cocoon and let it out, but that's not the point. We, we It has to go through the struggle so that it can survive on its own when it gets out. Was it and better done than it's this? It's funny how he was explaining in this, and he's like, oh, well, I helped it out and watched it fly away, and it was so beautiful. And I was like, and oh, this is complete opposite died. of Lost. And then he says, then it died because I interrupted <laughs> the journey. And I'm like, so it's the exact same story as what they said in Lost TV show, but just said differently. Yeah, also it has no relevance to Ryan because Ryan's injury doesn't seem like it's um, something that he can get better from. It seems like something he's going to have to deal with his entire life. And like his leg isn't going to get better. The struggle isn't going to lead to a better life for is him. It, is it an emotional cocoon? <laughs> Maybe it's an emotional cocoon. But all of this, Min seems to know too many things. And it's yes. never explained why Min knows these things. I think maybe Min has knowledge of the Tao world because this book is magic in that world and it has no relevance to anything else in the real world. Eventually, we're going to have to come to the point where we talk about how Tao is pronounced two different ways in this movie. Is it? Because uh, the master pron does pronounce it correctly if you're talking about the Asian concept which yes. is Dao. Dao. 
Dow. Yeah. And he definitely says it more with a D several times. And I was going to give them the benefit of the doubt where, okay, they're not saying it's Dow because it's not the concept. It's just a land. It's Oh, just... it's it's also a concept. But but maybe that's the, that's the difference. If, if you're talking about the concept, it has the D. But if it's just this kingdom, it has the T sound. And I was going to give them the benefit of that. But definitely he says it with the D a couple times. And I'm like, yeah. I guess the guy, because he's actually Chinese, is like, I can't do it. I can't do it wrong. Yes, this T is pronounced like a D in the English language. All right, so this has brought us to Ryan's initiation ceremony. So he has met with the cool kids and <laughs> wants to join their gang. And they're, when the he meets the football player again, the football player is actually pretty nice in that... Okay, Ryan's friend is the problem with this scene because they kind of were just like, they're they're not friends the conversation's kind of shaky, but they're both going to go their separate ways. And the friend just out of nowhere is just like, hey, he gave you the thing. Why don't you say thank you? And then five seconds later, the friend's like, that guy's a psychopath. We shouldn't get started with him. <laughs> then why did you pick a fight with him if you think he's going to murder you? On your 80s checklist, did you check off African-American best friend? Yeah. Oh, yeah that's but true. I think it's just weird to what Carl was saying is like... They were mean to him when they ride by him on their bikes. They get stopped and they're like, oh, you need to be nice to him. He gave you the play that won the game. So they turn around and they're all like, oh, yeah, that was great of you. You should be our friend now. Come join us to do this thing. And like usually you could see like that hint that, oh, this is yeah, actually an evil that- thing that they're setting up a problem. But it yeah. just seemed like a nice scene like, hey, we're going to be friends now. So that- even we find out later they're not pulling a prank on him. This is something they do yeah, to initiate friends. Yeah, because he did it too. He went over the same thing. Right. So they basically they invite him to come at midnight to this nondescript water plant that is like a sewer or maybe abandoned. It's never explained. It's just a giant hole in, <laughs> With surrounded a by concrete. For some reason. Yeah, so they they go down into this sewer type thing, uh, and they go through this factory, and they find a circular water pit whirlpool thing, and it's got one pipe over top of it, and on the other side is a wall for full of graffiti. The idea being, for initiation, you have to walk the plank of this pipe over top of the whirlpool. Get to the other side and spray paint your name. Something that's very difficult for Ryan because of his bum leg. But I don't understand the facility here. uh, Because uh, basically there's another pipe that dumps into the whirlpool. You got to get across the plank quickly or else the pipe that feeds into it will spew out a bunch of water and you'll fall to your death. Which is what happens to Ryan. Hole for no other yeah, reason. it's it's a sarlacc pit, more or less. So I don't understand why this needs to be difficult for Ryan any more difficult for him than it is for anybody else, just because of the leg brace, because the width of this pipe makes it necessary for people to have to cross sideways anyway. So you would basically be standing on it and just shuffling your legs. You wouldn't have to no, worry no, about no. bending your knee, which is what the knee brace would help with. 
the difference here is everyone else can walk across it like a balance beam or like a tightrope walker, where they're putting one foot in front of the other and going across forward. Ryan has to face to the side and shuffle his body across. I would say that's the difference. That if Ryan didn't have the bum leg, he'd have the advantage because he's smaller. Yes. And That's I fair. don't know about you, but bulky football players are not necessarily known for their balance and gymnastics <laughs> prowess. <laughs> yeah, I also don't understand Ryan's motivations here because his best friend tells him, do not do it. The girl he likes is telling him, do not do it. The guy that just cheated him out of the credit for a football play is the only one begging him to go across. And he decides, oh, all right, I'll do it really cheated him out of like was he supposed to stop in the middle of the game and be like hey this guy did a thing like even if I he know. was like a trainer my perspective the football player did nothing wrong during yeah. the game ryan's perspective yes, the ryan's football player cheated him out of credit but like it's not like during a football game you stop it's like hey that coach that coach did that specific call he was really good you just assume <laughs> it's not necessarily the football player that's coming up with the play that's not necessarily their job all right, so to get us into the world of Tao and all of that nonsense, uh, Ryan is shuffling across, but lo and behold, they hear a rumbling from the high above, oh. <laughs> and this giant pipe dumps a bunch of water into Ryan. He falls into this hole. We discover later that this gush of water actually broke the pipe that Ryan was on, meaning that this entire factory is poorly designed. But he falls into this water murder hole and arrive and wakes up in a swamp for a reason what a reason who knows <laughs> we did miss out on the other thing that definitely i would say points this to being written by people that do not understand american youth culture of the time because there is a lot of really weird references and oh. one of them is let's let's what Make is it like let's tom cruise no, no, let's make, like, Tom, Tom and, and Cruz. Cruz. Yeah, I, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and there's, it's, but there's a couple other, there's, like, there's, like, a Houston, we have a problem reference later. Yes. And there's, like, a Forrest Gump reference. There's warriors come out and play. It's uh, just, why? So, how Ryan arrived in Tau is never explained. Like, I would have loved a, sh a scene here where he's following through the tunnel, like his backpack glows or something, and he disappears. Because he literally just falls into this whirlpool and wakes up in a swamp. And we I assume he got washed out and he's still in the real world. But no, he's in this magical land. It's oh, see, I assumed it was underground somewhere. Oh, okay. Because oh. I don't think you ever see sky while you're there. No, you, you do. He you looks do. up and he sees the swamp trees and uh, he sees the the well, either clouds or sky next to them. It's supposed to be this big dramatic reveal shot that would have been a much bigger dramatic reveal shot if everyone everything wasn't just gray and hard to see and terribly dark. <laughs> yeah. That was the other reason I thought it was underground is because everything was darker once he got to that world. They're, I put down that, that they're just fair. in the Yoda swamp. That's just what they're doing. They're hanging out in the Yoda swamp. Uh, yeah, I have Yoda Swamp here as well. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, team. Um, but somehow, during this transformation to another world, Ryan's leg has healed. And he's also completely he, dry. 
He's completely dry. He can get up and he can run, making me think, oh, this kid died. This is heaven. <laughs> it's a terrible heaven. Yeah, he's he, a, it's a heaven where he keeps getting almost murdered and kidnapped. He immediately gets attacked by a guy who, I put down my thing about this is, the guy who played this is Michael J. Anderson. And this mm-hmm. is the first time I have ever heard Michael J. Anderson's voice. Because I know him for being the crazy man in the dreams from Twin Be- Peaks. And in Twin Peaks, oh, he right. speaks backwards. Yes. Is this the little person actor? Yes. Okay. He's he's the man from somewhere else, or I don't remember the exact title of his character in Twin Peaks, but that character's, his dialogue is all in reverse. So I've never heard him <laughs> actually speak. And I'm like, oh, just normal, just normal voice. Not weird like, Well, maybe if he was in Ryan's world, he'd be talking backwards. <laughs> and I definitely thought he, he attacks Ryan, and then I thought he got straight up murdered. Cause all right. <laughs> Oh yeah, he does he steal the backpack or is that the the black knights that come in? The black knights cuz he just tries to strangle God, him. This. And oh, then he right. gets pinned and then he's, in the tree. he's saved by this water creature who we learn later is a rue. By this pretty girl in a dress who flings a knife and I I seriously thought she just straight up stab. His name is not claptrap, it's like mudtrap. Claptrap. Mudflap. Yeah. Mudflap, I think is his <laughs> yeah, name that's actually. Good too. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so in the first five minutes when he arrives, he is attacked by a little person, saved by a water beast, then found by these black knights, and saved once again by a princess that can fly. So we know we're in some sort of fantasy world at this point. Uh, I, so Alicia is this nice girl who Ryan likes because she's a pretty girl, and, she's, and he's a young child. We okay, find, so yes. I had to look this up later because I knew this actress from other things. Uh-huh. Yes. She's she's pretty well known. I thought originally with the way they dressed her in the white dress and stuff that she was supposed to be around the same age as Ryan. Like oh. mid-teens. Okay. Which made a thing very later a lot <laughs> Yeah, that would have been really awkward. So I had to look up her age and she is 23 when she did this. So it's what? fine. She was 23. Okay. That's, that's that's she what she definitely my... looks younger than that. Yes, because because there's a scene later that I'm like I had to do it because I'm like I thought she was supposed to be like 15 and I need to figure this out. Wait, no, so when did Sandlot come out? Because she was this the lifeguard girl in the Sandlot too. Yeah, okay. I knew I knew her from somewhere. Uh, but I don't around the same time. Wasn't she supposed to be like a teenager in that movie? <laughs> yeah, I thought so. But right. this came out in 94, and she was born... Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, this is the first time in my notes at this point where I've written, what is happening? <laughs> this comes up at least 20 okay. more times during this film. Okay, she was about 19 in The Sandlot. That came out in about well, 93. Yeah. All and right. this came out in 97, so she was wow, about 20. Wow, really? <laughs> so that, that scene that we will talk about much later... It's still weird, but not illegal. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. All right. So the why are the Black Knights there? Are they chasing Alicia? But that doesn't make sense from what we learn way later. Right. We learn later that Alicia is a traitor. And it And you learn this because she changes the color so of her outfit. This whole beginning part makes no sense even in the reality of this world. Because and why I don't did know, she save him? 
I don't know what's going on. Uh, I think I think she saved him because he's an outsider. I and think he is heralded as a warrior when he comes in. I think she has a line to that effect. Maybe they just have patrols. Maybe the warriors are just maybe. on patrol. All right. So or the maybe end they're result... maybe they're chasing claptrap mudflap. Maybe mudflap <laughs> claptrap. I'll learn what that name is eventually. No, you won't. I won't. You're going to forget it immediately. I feel bad because that guy was actually kind of um, really funny. He was one of yeah. the more interesting characters. Yeah, I thought so too. This is getting into my review a bit of this film. I had a hard time following it and a hard time caring about anything that was going on. Yep. <laughs> None of the plot connected to each other. Nothing, no. Nothing was explained. We've talked about <laughs> movies where nothing was explained, but... No, nothing this, no, this yeah. was nothing. So, Elysia, this princess, uh, can apparently fly. She's also a warrior, and she's she leads Ryan to this Rue town. Is she a princess? Uh, I she assume just, she was a princess. I assume Let's that too, say she's a princess. It doesn't seem like they don't say anything about why she's special. She's just special because she's the only person in this kingdom that wears anything other than brown. She's wearing white. Obviously, she must be the the childlike empress of this story. Yes. Except All right. Terrible. So Ryan has arrived. He loses the book to the evil people and gets led to the uh, the city of the Ruse, which is led by a man who is kind of a Mr. Miyagi meets Gandalf. And she they're in a boat to get there and she info dumps in this boat and he does not seem to be surprised at all by anything. She's like, there's. This we're in this weird civilization, and we, our survival is based on these streams, and this guy is killing yes. these streams, and these people are protecting these streams, and they're like, oh, what are they? They're ruse. There's right. no reaction. No reaction. They never call them. They never call them kangaroos. It's just ruse because apparently but that's cooler. Nothing is surprising to him. It's not even no. like interesting surprising. It's he's, it's as if he's like, oh, it's just like that book that I got from a friend that I haven't read well, yet. That's of what course. I thought that this was the world from those comic book things he was reading earlier. So that's does. why right. he just understood everything right away is that it made sense to him because it's the world that he always but reads about in his is, books. I think you're on to something, but I don't See, think you're quite correct. Because I, I think, think, all right, I'm going to go. <laughs> I think uh, he is so versed in this world of Kung Fu manga that getting info dumped in an actual world, he's like, oh, okay, it's just like this graphic novel, and that's like this other story that I've read. All right, I'm up to speed about the story of this world because I've read so many kung fu stories. See, I just think it's bad acting because he doesn't <laughs> even, it's not even like he's surprising and shocked. He's not even interesting. interested. It's not like, nah. like the never-ending story story where he's like i'm in a book now everything's interesting he's just like uh-huh 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 kangaroos fine and they're like oh yeah and sometimes do kung fu and then he's like oh kung fu oh kung fu i, I want to like see kung, kung fu. fu take me to kung fu please that's the only i'll thing sign up for kung fu weird this kingdom. happens when he what that happens when he gets into the city as well because the old man is like oh i need to see this book that you brought with you and he's like well i'd love to see the kangaroos first and the old man's just like uh, i guess fine and this is where we meet the heroes of the film the titular warriors of virtue who all have stupid names and are kangaroos <laughs> and terrifying faces and one of these kangaroos 
is apparently played by Doug Jones. And we've talked about, um, I guess it would have been in my Hocus Pocus thing about that I really like Doug Jones. I think he is an extremely talented actor. There's a lot of actors in this that are way too good for this movie. <laughs> like, the the guy that plays, like, obviously the guy who plays Mudlap. <laughs> Mudlap. Okay. Is is in Twin Peaks, and he's good in that. Yes. Um, uh, Angus McFadden, who's uh, the bad guy, has been in stuff that I like. Marley Shelton has been in better stuff. Doug Jones has been in really good stuff. Um, one of the bald bad guys yeah. was in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. A lot oh, of these right. people have been in a lot better things, and yeah. no one is good in it. Like, it's it's good for them that the world has forgotten that this yes. movie existed, except for me, apparently, because I own the toys. <laughs> uh, but these warriors of virtue have these names with these powers. We have Yoon, <gasps> who is the warrior of water and virtue of benevolence. Yi, who is the warrior of metal, virtue of... Uh, righteousness. Lie, who is wood and order. Chi, who is fire and wisdom. And soon, who is earth and loyalty. This is presented once and you forget immediately what their virtues are, even though they're warriors of virtue. There's there's no difference between them except one is a girl and one murdered a guy. Also, they use different weapons. They do use different weapons. I didn't understand why they broke with the simple form of the elements, which is fire, wind, water, earth, and which sometimes Which they talk about love. later and is the big part of the book. They yeah. talk about it's always, and they do the magic ring thing at the end. But they decided to break it into five pieces and get rid of wind for some reason because it's water, fire, earth, wood, and metal. <laughs> How does the earth not account for wood and metal? <laughs> I tell you. Well, and the one the one female one, like, she has flower darts that she throws at yeah. people or something. I think yep. she might be earth, because we also see her burrow through the ground. So I guess earth is maybe, I want to say plants, but no, that would be wood as well. Uh, maybe by earth they mean dirt? We Okay, so there's there's a thing with... Science fiction and fantasy, movies, TV, video games, whatever. The idea is you can have it be as strange and whatever as you want, but you need to have a consistent set of rules. The rules don't have to make sense in our world, right? but they have to be consistent to whatever world they're in. This world has no consistent set of rules. Because no. every scene, they introduce something new that comes out of nowhere. And it's just, oh, this is a new thing that that, that has always been a thing now. But, but what about that old thing that we talked yeah. about last? <laughs> For instance, when Ryan meets Alicia, she saves him and then grabs him and flies off screen. We never see her fly again. We don't she know how she did it. Later, but that's about the only thing she does. Yeah, later, is she has a magic so scarf. the story of these kangaroos is they're kangaroos, uh, <laughs> and Water has left the tribe because he accidentally killed someone, and he has given up the will to fight. And he's he stopped talking. No, that's metal. Was that metal, metal has stopped talking. Yeah. Is that just because no one wants Doug Jones to talk? Uh, no, I think it's because uh, Doug Jones actually didn't do a voice. Uh, so Doug Jones was several movies. Doug Jones was metal, but all of these voices are dubbed in. 
In fact, uh, Metal is voiced by Doug Parker, who is the same person who voiced Fire. Okay, can we talk about their voices for a minute? Yeah, uh, why do how, these things always Wood think is... they have to make up weird voices? Okay, uh, I so don't know, the, but the Wood is, is clearly normal. a Yoda impression. Oh yes, I get that in. Oh yes, and and um, Water is just Batman. Yeah. He's got a Batman voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just, I, I, they're they, not even they, something. So they don't set up good rules of how these people use their elements. Yes, we see Earth burrow and come out we see fire at one point start a flame on his thumb but wood doesn't ever speak to trees metal i guess they also say they use metal kind of like magnetism because i think he throws his metal hoop and it comes back to him he stands on it kind of at one point it's just the powers are never explained they don't even where the kangaroos come from yeah they, say they that just at one exist point they were revered but they had another point say that the master came from somewhere else and came and taught them their skills right so what were they revered for before the master came and taught them their skills? Was it just because they're giant kangaroos I, well, <laughs> they are normal sized kangaroos they just happen to talk maybe I, they were revered because they were talking animals but the Minotaur can talk. So can the Rhinocerosaurus. <laughs> like, there, there's this. This land has no distinct history. Like, yeah. it's just, uh, we need something sort of fantasy-ish. Throw something in. I don't know what we said earlier. Just throw something more in. Right. Just more. So more. to, I'm gonna keep trying to keep on plot. Giving it context because what? at a certain point, my understanding of my understanding of the plot goes away at one point, and so I'm trying to keep it on the tracks as long as I can. So Ryan's in the town. He has met four of the kangaroos. Water is away, but we know that water has already saved Ryan, so he's going to come back in the mix somehow. And it switches to the evil guy Komodo finding the book. So let's talk about Komodo and his League of Eagle evil goons and his and he gets really rid of the only guy that voice. has hair yeah oh, no i hated every scene with this guy because no, he no, is no. shouting every line i loved him he is the only redeeming part of this movie to you me. are you crazy. are wrong because basically <laughs> he is rupaul he is in an entirely different movie yes he is that's in, fair i don't know if he he is like rupaul's drag race or i don't know I don't know what movie he thought he was a part of where he thought I need to push it to a thousand constantly being like the most flamboyant thing where he's just flouncing around and like constantly. But he was the only interesting, consistent thing that happened in this movie. Consistent in that he never stops yelling. Yeah. It was all yelling and that his laugh was just craziness. Uh. I thought it was hilarious. So it's not good. It is his a terrible character is that of like. Uh, just almost a tyrannical emperor uh, in that he's very evil. He's draining the world of its resources so that he can stay young. So let's re-explain that because this is part of the info dump it, in the boat. It's these the life springs mineral. that are, these life springs are what bring life to this universe, and he has drained all but one so that he can get his magic power and stay young. The ruse are re protecting the last one. That it's sets up the conflict spring, for the film. But somehow 
the what he's getting out of it isn't magic water. He's getting minerals out of it. The, the yeah. mineral looked like a sponge. It didn't yeah. look like yeah. a rock. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of uh, but, thought that he reminded me of Loki. <laughs> you know? No, I th- that's not bad. I I he's wrote a little that bit he crazier, was, but if, if this film had Wiseau. more money, I think the, it's, this guy would have been played by Johnny Depp. Oh no! I put down that he, I put down that he was Tommy Wiseau from the room. Which, if you imagine him as Tommy Wiseau from the room, it's great. I think you enjoy like the moment I thought he was that oh. and thought that this was a man who had no concept of what he was doing, which is not true because that guy has been in much better things and is a much better actor than this movie makes him out to be. He is much more interesting to watch if you just think this is a man completely misunderstanding how humans work. <laughs> Which is probably true because this emperor is giving speeches while lying down in his bed chair. It's like he can't even bother to get up. He just has awoken there from the night before, just like, yes, I'm going to rule from bed today. You can just deal with it. I also at one point called him Evil Liberace. <laughs> he's got this huge cloak that he just kind of like flounces around in. Like, I don't care that they kind of imply that maybe he's having a relationship with both Rita Repulsa. Oh, Spider Queen? Spider Queen and Alicia. Yeah. I don't care if they're implying that. That man has no interest in women. We are definitely getting back to all of the side characters that are his minions to give... To go back to context, because I'm still on track with the plot here. He has Uh, two bald henchmen and Rita Repulsa. The goons bring the book... This guy knows what it is, and he opens the book and finds he can't read it because the pages are blank. We discover this later. And so he needs Ryan to read the book for him because only certain people can. They have have three male goons and a female goon. And I knew the one male goon was doomed the minute came in because he was the only one that wasn't bald. The other two guys were identical. And I'm like, that guy's doomed. He's not identical. It's like Tweedledee and Tweedledum that are henchmen. Yeah. They're carbon like, copies of each other. They're every evil person is dressed in black and all of the male goons are bald. But like the the henchman that gets thrown for some reason in a hole cuz there's a lot of random holes in this movie. Yeah. Like, he was too attractive to stay in this man's court. He just he couldn't stay. He had hair. He had to go. <laughs> but- all right. So, so, so. Let's talk about Spider Woman/Claw Witch. Because this woman is dressed in black and has, like, the Black Widow hourglass design on her somewhere. Uh, She has spiky claws. And I don't understand, in a movie about animals, why not just have this be an actual spider? She is a power Because then Kara wouldn't be able to watch it. That's true. Uh, but I don't understand, like, what is her deal? Is she magic? Is she a ninja? entire character is very weird because she is Did very they never talk about her at all she's just no. there she's, no she's, she's just very a minion. sexual which yes. seems very strange in this movie and there's uh, a scene later where that's very sexual that just is weird it's not even like hey this is kind of as like a child you can be like oh this is this is my first crush sort of thing no this is just uncomfortable and creepy and sexualized and unnecessary. Oh, by the way, I found a note which goes to your point about the ruse being revered. So the ruse apparently were revered until there's a war on Tau. 
So possibly they were masters of Tao before they were masters of Kung Fu. Uh, and then they made the creed never to kill, which is why Yoon went away. I don't understand the history of this land at all. And I don't no. understand the Probably history because of any of these characters explained. to each other. Right. I don't understand the villain's connection to anyone. No. I don't know no. where he came from, how he knows anyone. Yeah. I, I keep don't trying to explain the plot in most basic forms because this film re- refuses to do it for its viewers. Apparently the henchmen used to play games with the ruse. They used to be friends as children or something. I can explain that as well. That was just Uh, the one guy, I think. Not all of them. No, they're the same guy. I'm I'm sure they've just been cloned. Or they're (laughs) twins. (laughs) I don't understand how Alicia is connected to anyone. I don't understand. Yes. All right. That that is explained by the whole why water ran away story. No, I understand that. I don't understand. If she has some position of power, I don't understand. I I don't understand who she is. we're getting by measures to any explanation that we can muster. Let's keep going in the plot. This is where they bring Ryan to the Ruse secret temple. Uh, Alicia brings him here to, again, do exposition. This temple comes up a lot, so I just want to give context to it. Because... This is where there are statues of kangaroos everywhere. It's supposed to be a secret temple. Uh, Yes, it's supposed to be a secret temple and a secret base that not everybody knows about. uh, Because it's where the ruse hide later when the king's warriors attack. But the first time Ryan gets here, he is kidnapped from the villains. This scene also has probably what I would consider this movie's worst line delivery oh go on what line which is when she talks about that the kangaroo killed someone and he's like well it was war whatever and she's like it was a life yes and she says it almost upbeat it was a life and (laughs) see i i took that to mean yes it was a bad line delivery but i took it to mean she understands tau better than he does and it's a virtue of tau I understood why the line was there. I don't understand the way she said it. Because she said it was like like she was happy about it. And I'm like, you learn later that she is very, very upset about this. Very upset. And so she should have said it almost angry or heartbroken or something. She's like, it was a life. And I'm like, it was a life. What? Who, who says a line like that? Like, it is the worst delivered line. It's not the worst written line, but it's the worst delivered line. The worst written line is later. And I also have that written down. But, okay. And then he gets kidnapped. Uh, so Ryan gets kidnapped, saved by Water Guy. And this is where Water Guy decides to come back because, uh, so he saves him. Ryan begs him to come back. And he's like, nah, nah, I'd and rather not. Him- I've made a decision about my life. And he leaves. And Ryan's like, oh, I guess you're a coward then. No, he and he immediately comes back. This line is specifically. I guess you're a wimp or something like. He's not coward, it's wimp because you got to have the 90s feel to it. And that's it. And then later he says something about when the other kangaroos ask why he came back, well this this outsider of changed my mind. He did nothing. All he did was call you a wimp. Nothing was discussed. That conversation even with the earlier parts took 15 seconds. Another thing that bothered me about this scene is that water guy 
doesn't use any water effects to get rid of these guys. He uses like little wind tornadoes. He, where he if you wanted a guy using wind, why not have a warrior of wind? He kind of threw some leaves. Yeah, he like whipped the ground with his tail and threw leaves and dirt at them or something. <sighs> this movie, it upsets me so much. And yet you're the have one to, who loved it so much before. As a kid, I will repeat, I it's like the Captain Planet of Kangaroos, where I had the toys, and in my mind, they could use elements as much and as well as the Captain Planet crew. But that's yeah. not true. There is there is somewhere deep, deep, deep inside this movie a kernel of a good idea. Yes. A boy who is struggling with not fitting in and not feeling like he belongs because of handicaps being taken to this land where he gets all of that and gets to feel special. And there's these creatures with mythical powers that are helping him fight evil. That is a fine idea. That is a totally normal idea. The rest of this is just nonsense. All right. So we're not going to go through all of the plot. So we're not uh, going to go through is where, the 10 minute this is where nonsense. Montage? This is where nonsense happens and Ryan gets kidnapped two or three times. Uh, and, and they let's do, just, and he teaches them how to fist bump. Yes. So what this leads to is Ryan gets kidnapped. We did. We see that Alicia is evil. And we know this because she changes her dress to orange instead of white. Yes. And she changes her hair. I think it's and slicked we, back in and, black. And this is, well, it's, it, yeah, it's like, big curls and, and it yeah. looks more evil and she's got more eyeliner but this is also the scene where he you learn she's also been taking the everlasting elixir so maybe that's why yes. she looks 15 and he does this weird thing where he like traces his hand around her mouth a bunch <laughs> before you find yeah. out she's she's on his side and it's real creepy but she also begs for it, suggesting that this thing is kind of like a drug where you have to come back to get your fix. And well, I think to your reference with the guard who has played with the ruse in the past, I believe he is also on this substance, which is changing his behavior and making him a part of the I evil wish crew. I know that because they say it later, because they tell him to drink it, and the bad guy does, and all the ruse are there. They're like, oh, don't do it. You need to be with us again. Well, this this is a concept that there's a scene later that kind of, I guess, goes with it. And it's a, it's another one of those where there's this glimmer of something that if they had... It, this is a movie that is weighed down by so much nonsense that anything good that could have come from this plot and could have come from this actors is just buried. Because there's yes. a scene later when he's talking to the master mm -hmm. where he's like, I am in hell. How do I escape? And you could have tied that in into he's addicted to the elixir and yeah. he's been so corrupted from them. And that could have tied in the other. And that scene then could have made sense instead of coming out of nowhere, instead of him just being like, but no, but no, instead yeah. of tying any plot lines together, it's just, no, we're going to add more stuff and more stuff. Yeah. Nothing is continued. Let's have 30 different storylines. Let's have a storyline per character. Well, I feel like they <sighs> tried to maybe have a moral to the story, but like there sh should have been one, especially the way that they started it off all about him being the disabled kid trying to fit in with people. And then they finish it with, you know, he makes a decision that he doesn't care anymore. 
Mm-hmm. And I think he they skips tried their to have little trial ceremony more. thing, but I just don't get like that. All got lost in the middle of it. I don't know how he, what about his experiences, is supposed to have changed his mind at the end. I think mm-hmm. they did not know how to finish any plot line, and instead no. of maybe if we bury it under twelve more plot lines, no one will notice that we didn't continue this. And so there's like twelve different morals, and none of them really mean anything because it's like spread your wings and don't murder people and work together and also i want to believe that somebody <laughs> sabotaged this film it's just like i know this <laughs> is horrible let's just make an awful film and then time will forget it until three people talk about it on a podcast <laughs> to their 15 listeners and bring it up again what? uh what but is- uh let's i wanted to talk about another kernel of a good idea because the ruse know that the evil side has the book and they say, well, we're going to have to sneak into the castle and go get that book. This could be a much better scene in a better movie where you have these ninja esque people sneaking through a castle. It's basically a heist plot, which could work really well, but they spend no time on it. It shifts scenes oh. and then the, the ruse have arrived at the book, but it's For- an Indiana Jones type trap. And so, they get talked to and then shoved down a murder hole. For this being a kung fu fight movie, yeah, every action scene is sped through, and I could not figure out what was going on in any of them. Like you could not tell what was hands or feet. Like it was so dark. Occasionally, tails are in the mix. <laughs> I don't even call it a fight movie. You can't see anything. Like if they didn't focus on it. Every fight scene takes about ten seconds, and it's done. There's mm-hmm. no good contact sounds. There's no real fluid choreography to it. Because the, the the good kung fu movies, the good fight movies, it's almost like dancing. Right. There's a flow and a rhythm to it. And this movie has none of that. Nah, nothing. All right. So we're going to skip ahead in the plot here. Are we going to kill off Splinter now, please? Yes. We're, we're getting to the master's death. Uh, so evil guy... Uh, let's see, Ryan gets saved. He goes back to the master. Evil guy still needs Ryan. And so evil guy goes to this secret temple, uh, and confronts the master so that he can take Ryan back with him. Which does happen. Ryan gets kidnapped again after this. Yes. And this is an actual interesting fight scene because you don't have characters that are overloaded with makeup and costume. You have two guys who can just kung fu fight each other. Although I'm not really sure what happened at the end. Did he get hit by a tree? Is that how he died? I don't know what that was. No, there no, was no. something. I think it was the guy hit him with a sword, but they don't really show it. So no, they... this is a kung fu thing where like he slashes a sword and... It's like a straight line attack that cuts through a lot of things in the path of the original. Okay. So but he shoots out involved. he shoots out a blast from his sword and that'll cut anything in its path. But it does hit a tree and then hits the master. Is Correct. that what happens? Yes. Okay. And it's also in the path of Ryan as well and the master saves Ryan but gets hit. Don't say Ryan, he's done nothing useful this entire movie. And this is how the master dies. And is this impossible? Yes, it is. Do they reference it again? Because it's apparently a bigger moral. Yes, they sure do. Does it make sense? Absolutely not. Is this this a scene that in a better movie, that was this a kernel of scene that these people were good actors when he has that whole thing about, I'm in hell, 
Like, that is the best acted moment of the scene is when the bad guy says, I am, like, I am in hell. How do I get out of here? Mm -hmm. That is the most emotionally connecting moment of the movie. And it's two seconds, and it is never brought up again. It is never connected to anything. And it's done, and he dies, and And this is another one of those that's like, they try to make it this big emotional thing. The master is dead. Everybody's gonna, like, rally behind their dead master and go take on the villains and win the day. And it just doesn't feel like that. But it's not this Star Wars moment where we know Komodo and the master had some relationship before. And it's like, please, my former master, help me. I've been corrupted. How do I escape this? We don't know if they've had any relationship. We don't know if they've even talked to each other before. Oh, okay. I found my note about the master's response to the guy. The guy says, I'm in hell. How do I escape this? And it's I believe the there's master, only hell in your mind. Yes, the only hells in this world are in your heart, which, which is not helpful at all. The master had a chance to save this evil lord and decided, he been like, no, hey, I'm going to be petty. And it, it's also, you could have done that, the emotional thing, where it's, it's, it is an emotional thing. It's not a real thing. They just, all of this mythical, like, thing, they don't do it in very flowy fantasy language, so it just Mm -hmm. comes out as kind of, like, sounding almost like stage directions instead of sounding like a line, which we will get to later when we get to the book. Yeah, my stage direction notes here was, Lord wins, Chung dead, Ryan captured again. Which, this is the worst capturing of Ryan, because he's captured for quite a while in the scene. Yeah. And what do the kangaroos do, knowing that he is somehow, one, he's an, a child that mm-hmm. they think they need to protect. Two, he is very important to somehow figuring out how to beat the bad guy. What do they do? They sit around, plan a full funeral for the master, and have time to completely cover him in flowers. Yeah. I guess maybe the kangaroo could have done that with her flower magic. But maybe. Like, but, like, they should be going saving Ryan. And I'm not sure they, they do. No, How does Ryan does he, escape? He escapes when the magic scarf happens. Yeah, and, right. And Alicia right. gets murdered by Spider Woman. So, Spider Gwen. Anyway, Spider-Gwen. Um, <laughs> that's that's her new <laughs> name now. Uh, so let's let's get to that. Ryan has captured after Chung is dead. That's the master's name, Chung. Uh, and he's in the king's bed, which is weird. Um, and he is given the book by the this lord. And the whole thing has been setting up that only an outsider can read this book. To anyone else, the the pages are blank. It's unreadable. Ryan opens the book and nothing happens. Meaning he is useless in this entire movie. The one thing that he could have possibly done, he's proven, oh, I can't do this. Is it right before this when he learns that the person that water killed was Alicia's Alicia's brother which is why she turned but they don't explain how this happened no it was I think an accident I think he says it was an accident earlier and at one point they talked about it being during the war but they didn't say Um, how so like I don't know if her brother was on the evil side but then it shouldn't have been an accident so I I don't know there being a million like bloated plot points here was one that, yeah, maybe we could have spent a little more time on. This is the one that you could have added a little info dump on. 
because I don't understand what is going on. Yeah, they lose track of the core story that they're trying to tell. They're inserting all this other info dump nonsense, trying to give yeah. more meaning to a story where you've got to break it down to the simplest form so that you can explain it to an audience. You can add nuance later if your core is strong. They put the details in the very wrong places. We get no history of this land. We get no history of these characters. We get no, no relationships. That was the stuff that needed more details, mm -hmm. not anything else. No. One good scene that started good and they took it too long is the Lord is asking Ryan, what does the book say? Because he wants to learn about the secret, <laughs> the secret of Tao so that the Lord can go to Ryan's world and steer the life force there. Oh, Ryan opens the book and it's blank. And he just says, the first thing that comes to his mind, just, uh, shit happens. And, and the Lord is like, yeah, the Lord is really considering this. He's like, shit happens. I just have a note in my thing that just says, what? <laughs> they just we repeat it like about... five times. It's yes, really that's even... where they take it too far. If this was repeated twice, great. If you repeat it ten times, too much. They should have just had only the Lord repeat it. Yes. They shouldn't have had Alicia repeat it. Huh. And but I to feel be like fair, to, be to keep their their rating, they this was they're like, well, we know we want this line, but we can only have this it, many words in here, so it, we might as well say it as often as we can. It's like how PG thirteen movies get one F word. Right. This was like their one curse word. <laughs> um, but I do, to be fair to this movie, they did kind of dig themselves out of this humor hole a little bit because I was mm -hmm. when they were doing it and repeat I'm like how are they going to get out of this without it seeming really stupid and having him just be like oh you don't know how to read that and that's how that conversation ended it definitely did end that terrible repeat echo part a yes. lot better than it could have all right and this scene resolves which a bunch of deaths uh because the Lord learns that Ryan can't read the book, meaning Ryan has no reason to be alive. And he so the Lord just yells, you mean nothing to me and throws him onto the bed. Yeah. So the Lord is about to kill Ryan. Alicia stops the Lord with robe magic. Spider Gwen kills Alicia, which apparently the king loved. And so the Lord kills Spider Gwen. There's, there's another <laughs> plot point that could have used a little more time. Like there's an idea that could have worked. That there's some sort of rivalry between the Spider Woman and Alicia, that he favors Alicia, even though she's this double agent sort of thing. Right. Oh, and Ryan escapes because somehow the water buffalo and rhinoceros have come here and they knock out guards for him. Oh, it's it's because after the last fight, they kind of just rounded up everyone in the town. Yeah. Because the kangaroos kind of just hid out and had their funeral instead of right. doing anything useful. They, and and while that happens, while the kangaroos are having their funeral, instead of being like, yes, we love their master, but our master would want us to actually do something useful and save a child from death instead right. of this. Instead, what happened is they had a funeral. The entire, entire town got ring, rounded up and they lost control of the spring. Right, okay, and the Lord's army is descending upon the town to take the spring. These kangaroos have done nothing. But this is where Water decides he's going to fight. So this Water guy, we've already seen use wind powers. He is handed a sword that looks like fire. 
And I just, I don't understand what his powers are. And later it looks like rainbows. It, like rainbow glows, which is weird. Which Also, oh, I need- this is where the Lord goes to the town. He's going to fight the ruse. I don't understand the Lord's powers. Like if he was, if they introduced him as like Yelling the master really of shadows or something, that would fit into like the elemental-esque power structure of this system. But they just, he's just evil. He has evil powers, I guess. And can man- I told you, evil Liberace. <laughs> he has the power of a dramatic cape and to scream dramatically that's what he can do because in this fight scene his big power move is that he splits himself into five people and fights all of the ruse individually see see, it's loki i told you all right loki i'll buy (laughs) i don't understand this land does everyone have magic yeah except for ryan i guess though they can only use it sometimes i don't know um so they're fighting and this is where it becomes impossible. I can tell that the ruse are fighting and that the ruse aren't doing good, but as to individual blows, I don't know who's hitting oh, no. who. It, it it looks like a fight scene on fast forward. I can't tell anything. Cause they give, they want to show like the scope of the fight scene where everybody's fighting a one of the evil Lords, but they cut, they give each, uh, elemental kangaroo like two minutes and it's just like cut from one to one to one to one to one to one to one they're all losing and just it like what not, is happening it does not help that from a distance everyone is wearing the same color yeah and every kangaroo looks the same because like, they're not bright colors they're very they're dark not. scheme yeah. colors the, and there's the this differences between the characters is very very subtle like one has leaves on its thing, but when they're moving really fast, you can't tell that. And one kangaroo looks slightly older or more feminine. You can't tell that when they're moving around. Not they at needed all. something to be able to, well, this, like, there's a reason the Power Rangers have different colors. <laughs> yeah. And why, why, uh, why their costume is that basic color throughout. Yeah, because they're not just I all mean, white with one subtle color, color change. Yeah. When, when you, have that much makeup and you're obscuring everything human about them, you need something that during a fight scene you can be like, oh yes, this is the one I'm following, which you could not. It was just, it was just a lot of flailing limbs and and then Ryan cries into a book. Yeah, the way this thing resolves is that Ryan goes and hangs out with the dead master's body, which apparently is not buried anymore. Uh, the and he he opens the book and cries into it. And apparently that was the magic to get the words to appear. And then, and then we have another weird he, Star Wars ripoff because the master's ghost comes. True. And talks to him. Oh, and this would be what I would consider the worst written line in this movie because it's supposed to be like this prophecy big thing. And it's, I have it, okay. Five is one positive coon. To take a life, you lose a part of yourself. That doesn't even rhyme. Right. Maybe it rhymes in Japanese. Uh, But (laughs) Ryan reads this, meaning he has read exactly one page of this book. That's apparently the secret of Tao. And he understands that for the ruse to win, he needs to sacrifice himself. Because apparently if you take a life... You lose your power for a bit. And it flashes back to when the master died from the Lord killing him. 
And when the master died, the Lord fell over because he had lost his power for a few seconds. And this is how this fight scene resolves because the master or sorry, the Lord um, hits Ryan. Ryan, quote unquote, dies, but survives for a little bit. The master loses. Oh God, the man. I am losing this. <laughs> the emperor king lord loses his powers for a second. Come, the Komodo. ruse. Yeah, Komodo loses his powers. The ruse form Captain Planet, I guess, and shoot a yes. laser beam into this guy. And then he loses thing. his memory. So yeah, it's always that they have to wait till the very end to use their superpower that has never been revealed before. And then all right. of a sudden they can win that well, way. It's like, why yeah, not it's, use that first? I guess it's because they had to wait till the one kangaroo gained his self-esteem back. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But like... So this is something I've never understood in Power Rangers, which they own Megazords and they always fight the guy on the ground yeah. first and then he gets big. Whereas they just had the Megazord first. They could step on the evil person episode over. I guess they were trying to not destroy the rest of town first. I don't know. Maybe. But so that has what ends the movie. Komodo loses, loses his memory. And so Which the evil side just gives up. Again, I kind of like that moment. This is another almost well-acted moment when he comes out and he's like, do you, do you know how to, to get me to my home? I don't know where I'm going. That was pretty well-acted. He seemed like an actual confused, memory-lost human being. So good job, that guy. And I'm glad you actually went on to have a career. And it didn't, this didn't kill it for you because I saw you in Pinkerton's. It but, was great. I'm sorry you were in this movie. But what didn't make sense to me, the, the millionth thing that didn't make sense to me, is that I get that if you take a life, you lose your powers for a bit. That makes sense. Ryan doesn't die until after the fight scene is over. So Ryan didn't die. Why did the guy lose his power? Maybe the mythical force powers understand intent. <laughs> or know what know what a mortal wound is? I don't know. Oh, uh, so this is where Metal Guy talks. Um, and all he says is thank you to Ryan before Ryan closes his eyes and dies for real. And that's what teleports us back in time to that initial um, initiation thing with the cool kids. And it's before Ryan goes on the pipe. He just decides, hey... I'm not going to go on the pipe. And then the water comes and it breaks the pipe that Ryan was on, trapping the cool kid on the other side of it. And then all his friends leave him because Ryan is the cool kid now, apparently. Apparently. And I've never understood that thing from 90s mu movies where mm -hmm. like everything movies, everyone's <laughs> a villain and a bully until yeah. like the end. And oh, now I've beat the main bully and everyone else is a nice person now. No, they weren't nice people before. No, they were, they were they jerks. Like, why would humiliating their leader like change them? It'd probably just leave a power vacuum and one of them would take over and they'd kick out the other guy. And now he'd be alone. Oh, you could say that about the evil army and the ruse as well. That Komodo lost his memory and then everybody just gave up. And that's another thing, if we could have tied in the addictive power of the thing and all of them were to a certain point, maybe maybe that's how he was keeping their loyalty, was letting them have some of the evil mineral, not to the extent he gets, he gets the most because he's in charge, but he's like partitioning out the thing and so they're addicted to it. And when he died and it rained because suddenly it's Waterworld mm -hmm. now and the springs were restored, 
maybe they're broken of that power and suddenly everyone's like, oh, hey, why were we doing that again? That could have been a thought. I've just written a better movie. You have. So, like, this film could have been so much better than it was. And we will get into that with reviews. The final thing that happens in this movie is Ryan goes home and he finds the the moth cocoon on his windowsill, meaning Ming has stopped by and dropped it off and understood the journey that he just went through. Maybe, maybe Ming is some time travel reincarnation version of the master. Or maybe he's from Tao. Maybe. And he fell into a weird water hole in Tao and showed up in the real world and decided, hey, I'm just going to open Chinese uh, restaurants. Maybe that see, gets explained in the sequel. Uh, <laughs> see, I I was assuming it was a reverse Ninja Turtle situation where he was a kangaroo. He came into the real world, found some secret ooze, and transformed uh. into a human. Ah. So this impossible film, we have tried to prevent you in the most... Uh, our best understanding of what is going on. Um, I still don't understand this movie. Nobody, I, you know ever what? Will. I will say this: I watched it twice. <laughs> in between, <laughs> I'm sorry. And I watched it like half of it again today to try to remember some of the things, and I still don't know what was happening. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, so I am so lost. Yeah, so still, let's. We talked about this, and I still cannot even. Yeah. So let's go on to games. Our first game is the pitch game, where we mash up a couple of different properties to get them to form this film in the form It's This Meets This. So, Sarah, we're going to start with you. What is Warriors of Virtue in terms of other properties? Because it is a young boy who travels to another land with help from a book and a movie that involves martial arts, humanoid animals. It is the never-ending story meets Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Yeah. All right. I Who would have guessed that one would be in there? <laughs> oh, I specifically avoided that one because I figured it was going to come up. Yeah. All right. So my first one, <clears throat> a prime number of warriors, each with a different skill set, <laughs> banding together to save a small town and a property combining Taoist principles with several animals, including kangaroos. This is Seven Samurai meets the Tao of Pooh. Good. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I have heard of either of those. Oh, I happen to be reading The Tao of Pooh. I've heard of The Tao of Pooh. Well, oh, since Sarah for our listeners, already that's took... a book instead of a movie. Go on. Uh huh. Sarah already took one of them, so I'm just going to start with that one and get it out of the way. And then I assume pr- one of you will steal my second one on the next round. Probably. But. Uh, I, I said, because we have strange-looking puppet creatures doing martial arts with a strong sense of morality and teaching children values or virtues, and a wannabe martial artist who struggles to fit in due to social and physical issues, but in the end, he's the only one who can read and understand an ancient manuscript containing the most powerful truth ever discovered, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles meets Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> 
almost did Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, I thought about it. Yeah, this is really good. And you found more overlap than I did. All right, Sarah, what you got? Uh, because it is about some warriors protecting an environmental place using the power of the elements, even though one is not a real power of the element. Uh-huh. Meets some kind of weird humanoid terrifying creatures. I did Planet uh Planet of Wait, I did it backwards. Planet. Captain Planet meets Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Captain Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Captain Planet of the Apes. All right. So I've got a property with elemental fighters saving the world from evil and the only other kangaroo movie. It's Avatar the Last Airbender meets Kangaroo Jack. I forgot that thing ever even existed. No, technically it's not because there's two Kangaroo Jack movies. (laughs) There's also another War is a Virtue movie. Uh, Oh, I hate it. I know. I kept forgetting the name of this thing. I kept wanting to call it the Wizards of something. (laughs) Well, even you trying to describe it to us was interesting Uh, when you were telling us what we were going to watch. If you Google elemental kangaroos, you will find this movie. But Mark, (laughs) let's keep moving. What do you got? Okay, my next one. Totally fake creature costumes resulting in hilarious attempts at martial arts moves and a group of warriors learning to harness ancient powers in order to defeat an evil threatening to take over the world. And a sacred book leads to the discovery of an ancient civilization that has been living underneath present-day Earth. One of the presumed heroes betrays the main character in search of power and riches, and the old mentor character is brutally murdered. So we have Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie meets Atlantis the Lost Empire. Yeah. All right. Sarah, finish us off with your final two. Okay. Because a young boy befriends some horrifying creature. I'm just going on about how much I hate the kangaroo prosthetics. And and kind of dies. That's in that one too. Okay. Meets some warriors who have martial arts powers, but probably should not have been given them. It's Mac and me. Me, it's Power Rangers. <laughs> Mac and me, the guy falls off the cliff and dies, right? I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen it. It's okay. been a long time. And my last one is a um, a child travels through a weird location into a mythical land with weird animal sort of creatures. And a character joins a group to protect regained what belongs to them, and he probably shouldn't because they do nothing good for the, him the whole time. It is Narnia meets Hobbit, the animated version. <laughs> you got there. I mean, it took <laughs> you, you got, had to you really that. figure out how to say it, but you got there. <laughs> All right. So let's go on to our second game, which is alternate tagline. A word or phrase you would see on the poster for this movie that uh, kind of encompasses the theme of the film, though hopefully missing the point. The actual tagline for this film is Warriors of Virtue. In a world beyond your imagination, a battle for the universe has begun, which is not true. Uh, as far as <laughs> yep. the plot is explained, that does not make sense. But Sarah, start us off. What do you have for Warriors of Virtue? Warriors of Virtue. Baby's first chi. <laughs> I, uh, I have a similar one, actually. So based, <laughs> uh, 
Huh, it comes from a property with talking babies. Um, it's Warriors of Virtue. Look who's talking Tao. Uh, uh, <laughs> I ended it did up. feel like what? Every time they were trying to explain some sort of Asian spiritual property, it felt like it had gone through Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just a lot of this film is imparcible. All right, Mark, keep us moving. Uh, okay, from the time period that this movie came out, I went with some random catchphrases that I think fit that period. So, and also the movie. So, mm-hmm. worries of virtue, stupid ruse, the book of Tao is for kids. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, he's I get the only that one that can read bunnies, it. I get both ruse and bunnies have long ears. That and they hop. So I see what you did there. Oh, just wait till you hear the next one. Oh boy! <laughs> All right, Sarah, save us from Mark. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Warriors of Virtue, Kangaroo Nightmares. <laughs> yep. Uh oh boy! All right, Warriors of Virtue, Crouching Ruse, Hidden Pouches. Ugh! You. Well, it's not the same as mine, but it's close. Oh, Sarah, I'm surprised your catchphrase has not come up yet. Just the wah wah. <laughs> okay. Warriors of virtue. If you can't fight with the big ruse, stay in the pouch. <laughs> wah wah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please let War- this. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> mine has some alliteration. All right. Warriors of virtue. Kung fu career killer. <laughs> Oh, Sarah. Uh, all right. Warriors of Virtue, giving the elements the old switcheroo. Mm. It's because they mm. took out wind and replaced it with other things. Mm. And because ruse. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah, we get it. All right, let's go into our third game, which is a TV guide game. A description of the plot of the film you would see in a TV guide or Netflix description uh, telling you the plot, though hopefully missing the point. So, Sarah, you once again have the most of all of us, so start us off. Give us the plot of Warriors of Virtue. A young disabled boy teaches cool new lingo to a less advanced culture. Hmm. Hmm. Very good. Uh, So mine is maybe more of a fan theory, Uh, but my plot is a boy dies in the first 20 minutes, and the rest of the film is his gradual acceptance of dying. So this is a child kung fu version of Jacob's Ladder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's all because the plot just leads to him dying in Rue Land as well. It's true. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So Sarah uh, did her alliteration in the taglines, and this also could have been a tagline, but I put it in the TV guide versions just because. <clears throat> Clan of Kung Fu Kangaroos Can't Cope. <laughs> it's very short TV it. guide. Hate it. Yeah. After concussive hallucinations, a young boy learns a lesson in public safety. <laughs> Uh, because of time travel magic, ultimately nothing happens. I just had this dream that we were going to come up with some really, really terrible things for this so that oh, it could fit the movie. It's a dream it's coming, come true. It's very coming true. It's great. <laughs> All right. I have one more. All right. Um, a disabled teen tries desperately to fit in with the popular football players, but he is just too lame. Ah, it's a leg joke. <laughs> all right my last one all right a flamboyant man's quest for positive self-image is disrupted by a foreigner thinking that he knows better 
Oh, good and great. So that's going to finish up games. Let's go on to our reviews. Uh, so the first scale here will be our infamous potato scale, giving you a review of the emotions you will feel in this movie uh, <laughs> in terms of our relationship to potatoes. So what do you guys have? What is Warriors of Virtue in terms of potatoes? And I see you've logged on to the Google document, as I just have, to look up your <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> I... Well, I, I actually wrote mine down salad. this time, but I think we're the way you describe it is to you said to give them an idea of the emotions you will feel, and I That's guess the one. you don't really feel any emotions watching this movie, so that makes I it felt difficult. like I was having a stroke. Was what I felt like I was having. <laughs> there is not a potato. Oh, so here's what we're gonna. Here's my potato scale. Yeah. One is a potato salad, which on our scale is just the worst. This movie is so bad, you guys. Yep. But my other thing is, I'm going to give it a rutabaga because this movie, this movie is so confusing that it's not even a potato anymore. Like, I can't think of a potato weird enough to describe this movie, so I have to go to a completely different vegetable. Wow. Wow, that's pretty great. So, um, I guess, Mark, like like go? she said, potato salad on our scale is just the worst. Um, we also have raw potato, which is bland, which just, to me, describes everything in this movie because there wasn't much going on and not very much emotion and no plot. So, I actually wrote this down as raw potato salad. Ha! See? See, I wasn't bored. I just felt like I was having a fever dream. <laughs> and like, I could not grab hold of any concept. No, I really like how we all have on our scale. Is this a potato? Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm going to have to go. My scale has stopped working. I cannot access <laughs> it right now. Uh, so I am going to have to go along with you. I think... A raw potato is certainly what this film is. It has so many ideas that could be good. Like a raw potato can be made into a lot of different things, but you can't serve someone a raw potato. And I feel like that's what this movie is, is it's something that has an idea of something. It could be turned into a million different things, but it's also like you made five different potato dishes and then just threw them into a blender and served that. So I'm going to potato smoothie. Yes. I'm going to add potato in a blender. (laughs) (laughs) Just think of (laughs) handing someone a smoothie and then they taste it and it's just potato taste. (laughs) Oh oh God. Oh, it's (laughs) it's just, it's just guys. That's all. That's my review. Let's go on to our second scale, which is a rewatchability scale from zero to ten, telling you should you go back and watch this movie. So I, uh, I will tell our listeners that if you choose to watch it, it, it can be found on um, YouTube for free. Uh, but let's see what our reviewers have to say. What do you guys think? I, I give it a two. My my the only way I think you should rewatch this movie is if you are on some like hard pain meds <laughs> and maybe then it'll make some sense or something like do don't do it to yourself. We did it. You don't have to. 
Yeah, don't do not hurt yourselves. I <laughs> thought about giving this movie a five because uh, on our scales before, Sarah has given things five that she just feels nothing for. And that's where I was with this one. It's not bad in that you will hate it. It's not good in that you will love it. It's you will be apathetic about this movie. Oh, I am not apathetic about this movie. I am I am but, angry about this movie. But I started going into this podcast at that five. Our discussion has taken a few points off. So apparently you should not overthink this movie. <laughs> I am going to go when you watch this movie. I am going to give this movie a three, which is the same review I think I gave Man of the House, which I felt horrible about. I hated that film. And now, thanks to our discussion, I hate this film as well. Three. I'm glad we could ruin your childhood for you. That's what the podcast is about, Mark. And (laughs) I'll. Hey, to be fair, those kangaroos probably still make decent toys. Yeah, it's true. Those kangaroos are probably still decent actors. They're kicking around somewhere. Uh. Doug Jones is in a Del Toro <laughs> movie. He's fine. So, um, I was kind of right there with you to begin with. I think around a three. I I did actually. He likes um, it better now. I gave it a little bit of an increase, actually, um, just because I actually ended up watching it two and a half times, like I said. But <laughs> yeah. the one time that I How? watched it, I was not actually paying attention because I was busy wrapping Christmas presents at the Mark, time. So Mark, I I you? enjoyed <laughs> the music and and the other, like some of the things about it when you're not actually watching it if you don't have the visuals some of the story made better sense so <laughs> so this I, movie I, is great if you're not watching it exactly so i increased it half a point for that and gave it a three and a half okay okay I, I can live with that. I don't think Sarah and I are going to hate you for that review. <laughs> I thought you were going to go up but, to like the seven or eights. And I was just, I but, was not going to have no, it. No, no, no. I, I mean, if you, because you listen to our podcast, if that get, makes you interested to see how terrible the movie is, then it's worth watching. But I wouldn't say it's something that I would put high on the scale and say, you must go watch this. Yeah, yeah. But who hurt you that you had to watch it two and a half times? Uh, well, the first time was the day after our last recording, and then the next time was like a week later because I had forgotten most of it. <laughs> and then I watched it again today just to get a little refresher, and I only made it halfway through. So Yeah, I would say the best review of this film is that it is forgettable, in that the actors are forgetting what's happening as it is happening. <laughs> I will say the worst part of this movie is that it is almost two hours long. That's true. Full feature length. Not worth it. Anyway, um, that is going to close up reviews. Sarah, can you remind people where they can find us online if they choose to do so? You can find us at Facebook at Retrograding Podcast. You can find each other at Retrograding Party Line. Our website is retrograding.fireside.fm, and we are also on iTunes. Leave us a like, a review, a share, a skywriter. Please. Do what you will. I love a skywriter. Uh, and I want to give a shout out to Kit Collins, Sarah's sister, for posting on Retrograding Party Line. She does a great job posting things that are relevant to the show and getting people there. So just want to thank her on air for that. And that's She's really good at 
Mm-hmm. He guesses too well on our stuff. That's and that's true. Stop guessing and just keep <laughs> posting. I Let guess other our people message get a chance. to you. Um, <laughs> so that is going to bring us to our final segment, which is, guys, I learned something today. Really, the only thing I could learn from this film was that shit happens. In that this movie got made, sometimes shit makes it to the big screen. That is the lesson for this movie. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. people feel about this episode Uh (laughs) why it is oh just because i i think it might be it's one of the first times we've done a film that just nobody has heard of exactly but that's good at least it's on youtube if they want true try to watch it i think it makes episode longer though because we have to explain everything where are we oh god yeah we Oh, boy. This is a special edition episode. (laughs) I almost put my nightmares as one of the options. (laughs) Because those kangaroos are in my nightmares now. Oh, good.